after like a long, long period of time, it's the Friendly Fire Show, episode 132. Uh, I'm Steve from Survivor. I'm Ben from Survivor. And that's it. <laughs> no one else is here. Um, <laughs> we didn't invite Shane because we did this last minute. And I, like, I think Tano's still alive, Ben? He is. He's playing Resident Evil 2. I saw him today on Xbox for the first time in months, playing. not playing Overwatch. Well, so we shouldn't just we shouldn't keep him from that, really. That's true. I mean, I don't count that. All I see him play is Overwatch, so I'm surprised to see another game on there. And it's a good one, I hear. It is. Well, I think that's pretty much what we're going to talk about uh, to kick things off. It's it's obviously been quite a while, so we're pretty rusty at this, and uh, it's just you and I, Ben. So, arguably the uh, the best and the worst of the original Friendly Fire people, and we can fight about that is who's true. here later. I think people would basically pick you as the best and me as the talkative guy. But anyway, um, let's talk about video games and things. Do you want to well, kick it off? Let's talk about the big one, Resident Evil 2. It's out this week. Uh, and what score did you give it? I think it was a pretty I big one. I gave it a 12 out of 10. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Oh. Uh, unless you looked at Open Critic, who apparently thought I gave it a 1 out of 10 for a little while there. You were dragging down the entire average by yourself, like, lone-handed. It happened at 3 o'clock in the morning, so we were all asleep, of course. But I'm imagining that a lot of people looked at the 1 out of 10 and, like, gave us, you know, like, angsty revenge clicks. Like, they were going to click on this and tear me a new butthole. But obviously, once they clicked in, it was a 10 out of 10, so everybody was happy again. But they're not happy that they can't rage on you for giving it a horribly low score because you actually loved it. I really it. did. And then, so like the weird thing is this morning, because I've been literally playing Resident Evil 2 for about a week and a half solid, and I'm currently paused on my Claire Hardcore run through. And if I finish that, then I have a Claire Standard run through with an S ranking to get. And then I've 100% achievemented the game. So I think my husband was so sick of watching me play. He's like, I want to play this game now show me what to do. And he is currently downstairs playing through Leon's campaign. So that made me realize how much I already knew about the game and how much someone coming in new is sort of blind and how much they have to kind of learn from the start. So I'm really more actually interested in hearing your thoughts on the game than mine. Well, it is quite different, right? So it's even if you had played Resident Evil 2 to death, you're not just going in knowing exactly what's going to happen. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'm, I think I think the real basics haven't changed. So you walk into the the RPD, and if you'd played the original Resident Evil and the like, the PlayStation 1997 Resident Evil, everything looks different, but the architecture of the buildings and the layout is still mostly the same. And that's the case with the RPD. Um, not so much the sewer bit, but the labs are similar to the original as well so you go into the rpd and you know that there's going to be spade keys and club keys and medallions so it's all changed in the way that you you know get to the puzzles has has definitely changed but i knew i was familiar with like the spade keys and stuff and where i thought those doors were going to be and most of that stayed true um if you're really really familiar with the game you kind of know when to expect liquors and when to expect um giant spiders and a moth enemy and you know some of those things have been changed up so it's not when you expect it some of those things don't even exist in the new game so uh, i feel like i had an advantage compared to you but i don't think it was a huge one i think i'm not really answering the question it's it's different and it's same at the same time 
but like did you know a green and a red herb made you healthy or three green would work or two green and a blue like did you have to learn all that kind of stuff as well well, not really, because I came into Resident Evil at Resident Evil 4, which I played a lot, and like, you know, on GameCube, then again on Wii, then again on Xbox, um, but I hadn't played 2 before. I think I played 1 on GameCube a long time ago, the okay. remake, um, which I liked, but I could never really get into it because of the tank controls, and by 2004 or whenever that was, you know, it was just felt too dated to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting a lot of Resident Evil 4 in terms of how it moves and how it's set up. Obviously, it's a little more modern. Um but, you know, kind of like aiming at an enemy and when you're missing it and you're kind of freaking out and awkwardly shooting behind him, that's very RE4, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm getting a lot of that. The herbs and stuff are all the same, so there's nothing new. I would say it's a lot scarier, though, than a lot of the other Resident Evils, maybe even including 7. Like, I thought 7 was a scary game at times, um, but some of the jump scares in this are actually pretty good and they don't feel too scripted. It kind of just feels like you've walked around a corner and, oh, no, there's something there and you kind of don't see it happening. So, And the big difference between like a normal, maybe not seven so much, but like a normal Resident Evil style game is that if you got really good at the game or you're really, you know, confident in your shooting, you could clear out a room. And when you went back into it, you knew that that room was free of enemies and you could kind of just, you know, walk at your own speed, do whatever, do whatever you wanted to do. Unless a zombie's head explodes it's going to get up and you don't know when you don't know if you know it's going to get up when some big huge dude with the trench coat like comes in the room and you're trying to get away and then you know like a zombie stands up behind you and chows down in your neck or you don't know if you know it's too dark in the corner you can't really see and you've shot off a zombie's legs maybe it's dead maybe it's going to lurch out at you and that makes it really really tense and that's something that i really like it feels pretty modern and it also feels like it's um keeping with you know the original resident evil 2 and like those kind of traditions of it's tense it's scary you're not safe don't don't think you're going to be safe um and i yeah i think tense is fair it's a very tense game especially the surround sound which is obviously different i imagine because there was no surround sound and there's no point in the old layout um, but now when you hear something coming behind you and you kind of don't know exactly where it is, that's way more freaky than actually seeing something jump out oh, yeah. at you. Or if you're hearing someone like stomping above you and you can hear the sound move across a room above your head and then you kind of hear it maybe, is that is it taking stairs? Is it sounding like it's kind of coming down? Towards or which side it's coming scary. from? Yeah. Um, I really like how they've done mr x without trying to like ruin him and if you don't know anything about mr x good don't don't try to look into it before you uh, experience it because it's really really cool and it's filling me with a lot of confidence for like a resident evil 3 nemesis remake because i think that whole mechanic could be translated to an entire game which i don't know if would be really really good or not because i like the idea of it but i also like hate the idea of it because it's so stressful having that type of thing happen for like you know like if you speed run the game now i can do it probably in like two hours 20 those little segments that i'm trying to kind of talk around there may be 20 25 minutes at a time if you had an entire game with that happening the entire time i don't know if i could i don't think i could do it not like a six hour game no way well i don't like playing sonic and having tails like chasing me so if Anyone chasing, so you. Chasing, chasing you. All I was saying about it. 
<laughs> not to spoil it, but you kind of go around freaking out about running into a liquor or even a zombie, and then all of a sudden you're being chased. So you don't worry about them at all anymore. It actually taught me how to run past things a lot better because suddenly they're no longer the immediate threat. Yeah. Oh, and if you've played Resident Evil 2 before, there's like all the stuff that was in the original is in this one. So there's extra modes when you finish the game. Um, and they're very, very run like mentality. Like you, you are just supposed to be running away from things, not trying to eliminate anything on site. And I think that's the big difference even between like a standard playthrough and a hardcore playthrough. It's like, do I waste bullets trying to kill something? Do I waste bullets trying to stagger it so I can run past? Do I just try to run past? You have to weigh up. Like every room kind of feels like a puzzle when you get to hardcore. Like you have a limited amount of supplies, either bullets or healing. You have a limited amount of inventory space. And you basically just have to kind of run through all the different scenarios and the what ifs. Like if I make it through this room, do I waste some bullets? Do I, you know, waste an herb if I have to? Hopefully all goes well and you just kind of breeze through, pick up whatever you need and keep going. But that's why I like the original Resident Evil and that's why I really like this. And it feels like a modern game that they've kept true to. And it got a lot more hype by doing that. Like it was an unexpected announcement. No one thought this was going to happen. I could talk about Resident Evil 2 for the rest of my life, basically. Um, I'm not going to. If you want to check out guides and stuff, there's like 16 of them or so. There's probably 17 now. I think I did a lore guide that I didn't count before. Anyway, there's tons of stuff on Survivor. Go check it out. Um, unless there's anything else you wanted to add before we keep going, Ben? There's nothing else I could possibly add. It's your favorite game of all time, clearly, and you've loved it a second time. So that's very exciting and for I'm you. And I'm really, really happy that it was It was either going to be really, really good or really, really bad. And I'm really glad it was the, the former. So, I think good a, job, lot of people, a lot of people felt like that. They kind of were worried. They loved this game. They treasured it so much and thought they're never going to do it justice. And they've done better than anyone imagined. So, yeah, good job. Yeah, well, Capcom came out and, you know, said they were going to do it. And then it was just like radio silent until we saw it again at E3. So, it that was a strategy that worked really, really well for them. But, it, you know, I think in the wake of things like fallout 76 just being like a master class and how to do everything wrong i think it's easy to be pretty pessimistic about stuff lately absolutely but anyway let's pick a different game uh life is strange too have you been playing much of that i have finished my episode two and i think i'm gonna have to replay it but i won't get into why i'm very sad Oh, okay. That myself. I've not finished episode two. I'm probably halfway, but I can't say where. It would be a massive spoiler, probably. It's one of those games that's hard to talk about for that reason, because it's so story-based and moment-based that it's really hard to mention anything without possibly giving something away. Uh, but broadly, I really like it. I like the brother angle. I like the new dynamic. What do you think about that compared to, say, Max and Chloe? Oh, Max was great in life. the original Life is Strange. Chloe, I just, I never liked her character i never wanted to play as her i didn't want to know more about her i thought she was kind of whingy and pretentious and like the whole story didn't work for me um and as you were saying life is strange 2 is completely different and it was different with the the awesome adventures of captain spirit that came out as like a demo before the actual sequel did itself and everything about it so far is really really good and it's like you said really hard to talk about because of massive potential spoilers it's a bit slower i think than life is strange one they kind of want you just focus on the two brothers as opposed to the support characters which were big around max especially 
Um, but for story reasons, there are much less characters, at least in your face, for a lot of this. So you kind of learn about the two boys a lot more. Um, and it's interesting. It's interesting to kind of follow that sibling and kind of the mentor versus the one who's actually driving the story a lot more for, again, reasons that we can't say why. Um, <laughs> well, and it's a lot – There's the first one was really edgy, like, oh, these we're edgy teens and we're going to be edgy. And this one's just more about like relationships and dynamics and having to kind of cope with things that are thrown at you. It's a bit more of a story, I think. Like you can tell that it's a bit far-fetched initially from the outset. I think episode one of Life is Strange 1 – was kind of, I'm just a teenager and this is my normal, ordinary life. Uh, but Life is Strange 2 kind of straight away gets you into, this is kind of an out there story. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I really like it so far. Yeah. The, the one thing I don't really like is it is kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure type game. And it near the end of, of this episode, at least, it kind of gets to that point where you finish and you can kind of see what you've done you can compare it to what other people have done and in doing that you can kind of see where you could have taken your own story and without giving anything away like i can look and see what i've done i don't like what i've done and i can see what the alternatives were and i basically i think can pick out exactly where i need to like load my save and do what i want to do instead the second time around and it's I hate choose your own adventure games that are like that branching paths to the point where it's like, oh, okay, well I just need to go and do B instead. Like I, I wish my decisions made more of a difference as right now. It kind of doesn't feel like that's the case. It kind of just feels like I did the right thing up until I picked the wrong option. And that's kind of destroyed all the work I'd kind of set out to accomplish um, with episode two. And I know I'm kind of talking around it, but um. It's still really good. It's that kind of thing's disappointing, but it yeah, is what it is. It's hard to avoid that for them. I'm also not that big on the big gaps between releases. Like I know they're obviously still making the game, but to have episode one come out in October and then they just say episode two will be out soon, which happens to be late January. I don't think we know when episode three is coming out, do we? Um, no, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be better if they had kind of a schedule. You could kind of have like one a month or something. We'll just keep it going because I'd forgotten what happened to be in the first episode. So you just lose a little bit of momentum. Yeah. Such big well, gaps. Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil Revelations 2 um, was an episodic game and Capcom did the right thing by releasing it. I think it was either weekly or bi-weekly. They had it finished before they released it. So you yeah. weren't waiting ridiculous amounts of time to get to the next one and like when you finish episode two it's like oh well you can jump back in now and while you're waiting for episode three you can go and do collectibles but there's six collectibles like it i made a guide on it it'll take you 20 minutes to go and pick up things if you really want to do that so like thanks for the suggestion don't nod but that's not really a stopgap until the next episode comes out and the weird thing about this one is that it's using a lot of assets from some of don't nod's previous work so i'm not even sure why it's taken this long to get out yeah but i think anyway. the best way to play probably would be wait for the whole thing to be done and then play each episode as you want still probably have a gap because it's i like playing a two-hour game that you know has a clear ending for now um but i don't like not knowing when the next installment's going to be it's just too far away i think yeah and if you're on the fence about it go and play the awesome adventures of captain spirit it's free download it'll take you an hour an hour and a half and it's it, the gameplay is still kind of Life is Strange, if you're familiar with that, but the whole attitude behind the game um, 
the direction it's taking is very, very different. And I think that demo gives you a pretty good idea of what you can expect going forward. Well, for a dollar, they're all on Game Pass, including episode one of Life is Strange 2. So um, I completely forgot. Yeah, that's an easy way to play it. I assume episode two is going to go to Game Pass pretty soon. Yeah, it, it already is. It should oh, have there too. been out. Yeah, it should have been at launch, they said. so. It's a bit of a slap in the face if you bought the $60 season pass before they announced that. <laughs> True. But never mind. Great if you didn't. So you really paid $61 for it. Season pass plus your Xbox Game Pass. There you go. Yeah. Don't feel too bad. Uh, have you had a chance to play Anthem? Well, I had a chance to attempt to play Anthem. Um, I tried it on the Saturday and got hit with the login issue, which was plaguing everyone on Xbox, I think. I think for the whole day you couldn't sign in, which wasn't a great start. And then I tried to get on Sunday and I got the infinite loading issue. So I started a quest. Tried to go out on it, and I just got stuck on a loading screen. So um, that's my whole experience nice. with Anthem. I haven't actually done anything. Uh, have you played at all? I I spent the entire week before the Anthem demo came out saying I must make sure that my preload actually worked because I queued it up from work using a browser, and I forgot to check it every single day. So the day that no one could log in, I spent the entire day downloading it, which doesn't seem to have been too much of a problem because i didn't really miss out everybody on xbox missed out um but i played a little bit the other day um but i had a lot of loading screens they weren't infinite but it felt like it was getting close to infinite um i think i played one matchmaking mission with a guy who just completely flew off in the opposite direction from the checkpoint got a lot so of not play sure games just wanted to well, there's like a free roam section, so I don't know why he just didn't free roam. But when, anyway, that doesn't <laughs> matter. Um, so it was like a normal mission designed for four players. It was me on my own because the other guy had pissed off. And it was on like normal difficulty. I like the idea of being Iron Man. Like it's pretty fluid and cool. Like you can run around and kind of get like boost packs on your back kind of firing as you're running so you're going faster and then you can like jump and click the left stick and like start flying like iron man but that was cool the part that i didn't like is that the combat is just like bioware combat and if i had to talk about like a mass effect game combat's my least favorite thing to do like i like going and exploring i like doing the rpg elements and the combat's always been a little bit gross to me not gross but like a bit dodgy I, yeah, I know what you mean they've always been like that well and this is the same thing so you, you have a gun you're shooting at people like numbers are bouncing off as you're hitting them in the head and they're yellow if you're doing crits like cool that's like destiny I, I understand that and then you've got like an rb which does like a grenade and then you've got like a left lb does like a different dish grenade and then you've got like a super move that just like shoots a whole bunch of rockets at people but it just kind of feels like shoot, 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 super, super, wait till they recharge, shoot, shoot, shoot. They're not dying that quickly. Oh, there's a lot of people around. It's And I don't know, I just didn't quite get into it the same way that I do with exactly the t- same scenario in Destiny. Not that I'm going to keep trying to compare it to Destiny, but it just didn't feel great. And also, I think it was me in a four-player scenario, so I was just getting stomped, basically. There was like giant turrets and like 50 million bad guys um, just kind of laying into me. Well, I wish I could have tried that, but the game wouldn't let me, so I have no idea what this game is about. Uh, <laughs> but I am looking forward to playing the actual game. I don't mean to shit all over it too early. That said, there was a lot of rage on Twitter, obviously, and a lot of people saying, you know, this is a tech test. You should expect these issues. 
but they didn't call it that. When you call your test a VIP demo and it doesn't work, you should expect backlash. Like you can't call it that and then have it totally fail for an entire platform. Yeah, call it a beta, problem yeah. solved. If it's you're not, going to call a it a test, they, it was not even a demo. It's a VIP demo. The demo is next week. <laughs> so like, anyway, hopefully the real demo works properly because the uh, head of Bioware, I forget what his name is, he did a blog post yesterday saying, sorry, you get a new vinyl for you know launch if you actually buy our game due to this error. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, yeah. And Good he said, well, the- yeah, the loading right. issue can't be fixed. They basically said it's a big one. We don't know how to fix it. It's only affecting some people. Um, hopefully, it'll be fixed by next week. That's so weird. <laughs> like, so we, we've basically transitioned to news. That's pretty big news. As as part of the Anthem stuff as well, they've just unlocked all four of the Javelin types, but people have infinite loading screens, can't access them. People that pre-ordered that should be getting VIP demo access can't get into the game. This looks like it doesn't recognize that they've pre-ordered or that they're an EA or Origin Access member. Hmm. So... They're saying, you know, like, we can't fix this. Oh, that's a problem. Sorry. Here's some extra things for you to play with during the demo, except people can't access the demo, which is problematic. Um, they're not going to extend this VIP demo. I'm surprised so you at out, that. You miss out. The fact yeah. that it's a pay a pre-order now to play early with your mates, and then they're not extending it due to their own errors. Like, that's ridiculous. Anyhow. And maybe the problems will be fixed in the real demo, the open demo, but yeah. maybe not. So, like, see how you go. Like, it's not filling me with a lot of confidence. No, I'm thinking there's been a lot of cancelled pre-orders based on this weekend. It's the only people who get to experience it are people who have put money down and they can't play. So, why would you keep your pre-order? You still can play next week without it. So, see if it's fixed. You've got a week, Bioware, to sell everyone again. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> um in in other news, uh, if you wanted to play Metroid Prime 4, I guess you'd have to learn to be patient. You'd have to be very patient. I'm thinking probably 2022. It's probably a, at least a three-year, maybe a four-year development cycle now that they've restarted the entire game from scratch at Retro Studios. Now, so who was working on it before? So they didn't announce it. It was rumored to be based on some LinkedIn profiles, uh, Namco Singapore. Um, all they've done before is they did some support on Smash Bros and maybe on Ace Combat 7. Um, I think that's it. So they weren't overly experienced. And obviously it didn't go well because they, they had about two years working on it or 18 months and they got told, sorry, no thanks. Um, Good. I'm interested to know how this would affect whatever Retro was working on because their last game was Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze in 2014, I think. So five years ago now, Um, maybe their next game is pretty much done and it's going to be announced soon and released this year. So they can, they're now free to move on to Metroid Prime or maybe it's been canceled and whatever they were doing wasn't working out either. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a guy on Twitter and I have no idea what his name is. I'm very sorry, random developer, but he left Retro in August 2015, I believe he said. And his tweet was just like, oh, does that mean that the game that I was working on when I was at Retro isn't coming out now that they're making Metro, uh, Metroid. So hopefully it's Possibly. more like what you're saying and that, you know, that game's almost winding up so they can transition a whole bunch of, you know, developers to start picking up the Metroid Prime 4 slack. But hopefully. Well, there's also we a rumor. Know. I think um, Imran Khan from Game Informer tweeted that he believes Metroid Prime HD is finished and like ready to go on Switch. 
Um, and it was meant to be announced last month. And so you can only think that because of this Metroid Prime 4 announcement, maybe they delayed announcing that just to kind of yeah. give it some time. Um, but that's the obvious thing to do. Sorry, we didn't give you a new game. Here's a nice version of the old ones. Yeah. Well, it's 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 the whole thing's kind of cool because it's... I don't think this is very Nintendo-like for Nintendo to do. Not so much the, like, just can a game and, and start again, like, I think they've probably done that more often than not, but or not more often than not, but I think they've probably done that. I've done that before. But I don't think they've they've been that transparent about it until now. Definitely not. I don't think many publishers have really, um, but especially Nintendo, they're normally more closed off than anyone. Even when uh, Breath of the Wild was delayed about five times in two or three years, they didn't really tell us anything. It was just kind of, please understand, it's moved to next year and then it would happen again. And it obviously had some issues and they ended up making a great game. So it was justified to delay it so long, but they didn't really tell us what they were doing. They didn't do this. They didn't come out and say, sorry, we've stuffed it up. We're starting again. So maybe they've learned from that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of cool to know about this kind of stuff. And like me talking about Resident Evil 2, who would have guessed, but um, they're the famous Resident Evil 1.5 was kind of the same type of thing. Capcom spent all this time and all this money developing a sequel to resident evil decided they hated it canned 75 percent of it they kept like the characters like leon and marvin and stuff but like they changed the setting they changed um the heroine from just some random motorcyclist to claire redfield and it's to a resident evil fan like knowing about resident evil 1.5 is really neat and you know like getting to delve into production docs and stuff because capcom acknowledged that they did all this work um you probably don't get to see a lot of that most of the time. So Almost never. if Nintendo is going to be really good, maybe we'll see a whole bunch of you know the Metroid Prime 4 that didn't make it. I don't think they're going to go that far. That seems very un-Nintendo. They don't really show inside their house ever. Um, but it would be cool if it got leaked at some point. Probably not for a mm-hmm. while, but yeah. Because the same thing happened with Resident Evil 4, didn't it? Then they had a totally different version, which was shown. Oh, yeah, there's shown- like four yeah, so but those ones were actually shown publicly before they changed it, so a little yeah. different. It's kind of cool. I, I I like learning about that kind of stuff, but I'm sure people don't care as much and just want to play video games. Yes. So hopefully they get a remade Prime. I think we definitely will get that. Um, and it's a you know it's not just a, we've had a lot of Wii U ports, but at least a Metroid Prime HD would be a HD remake of three games. One of them could only ever be played with motion control. So whether or not they give us a normal controller option, that would be an upgrade, a lot of people would probably say. So it's probably got a lot more merit than yet another Wii U port. Nice. Moving on, I think. Um, I'm kind of... We're talking about EA being kind of dodgy again. Um, Long story short, uh, the open world Star Wars game that was rumored to be uh, worked on by EA Vancouver developers behind such classic titles as FIFA and uh, NHL um, has allegedly been cancelled. EA hasn't said if it's cancelled or not, but they have uh, mentioned their commitment to making Star Wars games. Uh, though they've mm, had the license... We're contractually obliged to make them. <laughs> though they've had the license since 2013, they've made Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Battlefront 2. Ben, are they good games? Well, they're playable. <laughs> um bit light on content, at least Battlefield 1, and a bit ruined by microtransactions. So we were hoping for a single-player game at some point in the last six years. Yeah, well, that's not happening. We're not going to get so it there, soon. So there was uh, a single-player game at Visceral 
that was canceled and transitioned to uh, EA Vancouver. And that looks like that one uh, was retooled at that time to kind of become more of an open world game. And now, you know, I I would think that it's probably toast, even though EA is not going to completely confirm that. So that means mm. that there's... Well, it's not no, going well. There's something maybe at work at EA Motive, um, though they've really not done much. And we do have the uh, confirmation of that respawn EA game, EA Star Wars game. What was it? Jedi Fallen Order. But it's supposed to come out yeah, this so- year. And basically, we at E3 this year, we had someone talk about its title rather than like show any aspect of it. Well, they're going to have to show that soon if they plan to release it. They they probably would want to have a game this year because it's another big movie year. Um, and they haven't really done anything with this license except sit on it and kind of disappoint yeah. everyone. So, Disney can't be happy with this situation. Including, well, Disney's not happy about it, I don't think. Um, people who work on Star Wars, like Gary Whitta, um, who wrote Rogue One, and also was, was he editor of PC Gamer? He was editor of some sort of gaming publication. Sure. I forget which one. Um, he's come out as one of thousands, hundreds, thousands, millions, saying that um, EA is just like completely mishandling this and it's basically embarrassing. And you know what? I kind of agree with that. It's ridiculous. Star Wars should be printing money for EA and we're just not getting any games. And the games that we are getting, I think they're trying to microtransaction, like put in so many microtransactions that's what they want to be the money printer, but like the franchise itself yeah. should be doing that without kind of hidden tricks, guys. I just don't understand it. Well, and at LucasArts, it did so well. There were so many, I mean, there were a lot of dodgy Star Wars games, but there were a lot of good ones too. So it's not like it's a franchise that is just hard to make a game out of. Uh, we've seen that they can be done. Yeah. And EA is just really messing it up. GG, EA. Um, I don't really have anything else to talk about, Ben. That's that's it. That's the end of the done. news. <laughs> we're finished. Um, rusty. I said we're rusty. We'll get there. Um, I think the idea is to to start doing this more frequently. Though that's I need right, to take yeah. a break next week because I'm going to uh, Square Enix's Final Fantasy 14 Fan Fest in Paris. But um, well, that's going to be fun. So there you go. That's a high note it? to end on. Um, we'll come back in a it week is. after that. I'll tell you all of the. Uh, hot ff14 goss and we'll uh, right. try to bring in some regulars like tano's never going to show up let's just let's just say that outright let's see no if we can get shane back on but never mind uh and yeah, we'll, we'll stick for back. like this half an hour 45 minute kind of format i think would work quite well especially yeah. if it's just us two who wants to hear us talk this is it's not going to be one of those three-hour podcasts i mean i'm sure those people do great jobs <laughs> but there are too many three-hour gaming podcasts so Max 45 minutes. Uh, hope- Sometimes shorter. Yeah, that's, I'm fine with that. Uh, hopefully, you've left yep. your subscription open, so this should just like slot into your ear holes. If not, thanks for re-adding us. Um, you know how to get in touch with us over Twitter and stuff, but we'll remind you in a second. If there's anything that we used to do that you want us to pick back up, let us know. If there's anything that you just think would be cool to hear, let us know. Um, Survivorsthewebsite.com. I'm at S right AU on Twitter. Ben. That's easy. I am at Ben underscore Salter on Twitter. And that's all, that's I, all have. I have too. Thanks for that's joining it. us. That was fun, Ben. We should do this again. It was fun. And we'll see you in yeah. two weeks. <laughs>